Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 97 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I hope this episode finds you well, and I thank you for giving me some of your time today. So, here's the deal. I'm a bit behind on the show, and I need a break to get caught up. But instead of completely skipping a week, I thought I would present to you the episode that I originally made for April 1st. If you listened to the show that day, then you know that instead of my episode, I released an episode of The Vocal Fries as part of Operation Switcheroo, which was orchestrated by Moxie from Your Brain on Facts. The Vocal Fries released my episode on their feed as well. If you haven't had a chance to listen to my episode over there, then you're about to hear it here. If you already listened on their feed, you can skip the rest of this episode and go check out more of the Vocal Fries. And while you're at it, don't forget to stop by Your Brain on Facts, where Moxie will fill your brain with information while also entertaining you. One last bit of ado. The May episodes will probably be a bit shorter than normal. I know, my show is already short, but bear with me as I play around with the format a little and continue to try to make the show better for you. Okay, that is far more than enough ado, so now I present to you episode 93 as episode 97. I hope you enjoy these foolish phrases and their origins, history, and more. First up for today is Fools Rush In Where Angels Fear to Tread. This means that someone who is inexperienced or ignorant would tend to get involved in things that wiser people would not. This is often simply said as the shorter saying, Fools Rush In. This one is attributed to Alexander Pope, the English poet. In 1709, he wrote Essay on Criticism, which included, quote, no place so sacred from such fops is barred, nor is Paul's church more safe than Paul's churchyard. Nay, fly to altars, there they'll talk you dead, for fools rush in where angels fear to tread. End quote. Now, I feel like I should mention here that when this saying was coined, fool wasn't really used as an insult like it can be today. I think this is important to point out now, as it will apply to other sayings for today as well. In old-timey times, fool didn't really mean unintelligent or idiotic. It really just was used as a way to say someone had acted foolishly, been silly, or did something seen as humorous. It was basically a way to say someone did something foolish, not that they were foolish. It separated the act from the person. With that knowledge, the original fool's rush in saying really just meant that someone who was foolish might go where they shouldn't simply because they didn't know not to, or because they were behaving in a silly manner, not because they were stupid. Now, Pope was specifically referring to literary critics, but this saying was used by several popular authors over the next two centuries, so by the early 20th century, the phrase was well set into the vernacular. Now let's look at the truth. Next up is Children and Fools Tell the Truth, 
This one means that while it can be okay to lie sometimes, young children and fools are both unaware of this. It's not a way to say that lying is okay morally. It's simply a way to say that children and fools haven't learned that sometimes it's not as bad to lie, such as to hide information about a surprise or to spare someone's feelings. There was originally a longer list of liars when this was a French proverb in the 14th century. When translated, the French version says, To know the truth about everything, listen to drunkards, children, idiots, and women. That version, at least in my opinion, seems a bit more malicious than the modern-day version. To me, it reads as more of an insult to the types of people listed, rather than speaking to the supposed innocence or lack of knowledge that is referenced the way we say it today. The first known use in print in English is more in line with how we currently say the saying. It was in the 16th century, in the letters and papers of Reign of Henry VIII, which said, quote, An old saying that a child, a fool, and a drunken man will ever show the truth. End quote. Since at least a version of this saying was a proverb in 14th century France, we can safely assume it was in use in some way before this time. But the exact origin, as well as how and why women and drunk people made their way in and out of the saying, is information that has been lost to history. Now, I'm going to pull your leg. The idiom pulling one's leg means to joke around or to play a harmless prank. There are two main theories as for where this came from. One is that thieves in old-timey times would use a wire or string or simply grab onto someone's legs in order to trip them up and make them fall. Then the victim would be robbed while they were on the ground. As for when and where this crime took place, well, that changes a lot. While it sounds like a good origin, it's unlikely to be true because the place and time in history, as well as the method of tripping, be it via just a hand or using a string or wire, it all changes based on where the story is told. There are too many varieties for the story to be 100% true. Maybe this was a way to rob people, and maybe it helped create the saying, but due to all the differences and the fact that robbing people isn't exactly harmless, I'm not so sure that this is where the saying came from. Main theory number two is even less harmless than robbing people. And I'll keep this as family-friendly as I can, but if you have little toppers listening, you may want to listen ahead first to be sure you're okay with them hearing the next bit. Okay, so the second theory has to do with execution by hanging. Up until the year 1783, Tyburn was where most of the executions in England took place. Supposedly, people called hangers-on were hired to hang onto the legs of the people being executed in order to, um, help them move on faster. There are two main problems with this theory. Like the first one, there isn't anything harmless about hanging people, so it's not a likely beginning for the saying. But even more problematic is that the phrase isn't recorded in print until after the practice of suspension hangings, also called short drop hangings, had stopped. Suspension hangings were the type that would have needed hangers-on, and it was replaced by long drop hanging prior to when the phrase came into use. Okay, the little toppers can listen again. 
So where exactly did this saying come from? Well, like many of the phrases we look at, no one knows for sure. However, I can say that it was coined in America, another reason that the Tyburn theory isn't likely. The earliest print usage I tracked down was in a February 1883 edition of the Newark, Ohio newspaper, the Newark Daily Advocate. It read, quote, It is now the correct thing to say that a man who has been telling you preposterous lies has been pulling your legs. End quote. Now, in the newspaper, the words pulling your legs were in quotations, and since it was basically an explanation of the saying, it's likely that the saying was fairly new, as the writer felt they needed to make sure the readers would understand the phrase. So, even if this wasn't the first usage, it likely was one of the first. Now I have a couple of turn of phrases tidbits for you. The first tidbit is, a man who is his own lawyer has a fool for a client. This one means that it's not wise to represent yourself in court, as it is likely to end badly for you. This one, while there is still a bit of uncertainty to its exact origin, is largely attributed to Henry Kent, a British scholar and writer. In 1814, he included a man who is his own lawyer has a fool for his client in his work, The Flowers of Wit, or a choice collection of Bon Mots. On February 25th of 1991, the case of Kay versus Erler was argued before the Supreme Court of the United States. Basically, a lawyer named Timothy Kay wanted to run for President of the United States, was told no, and filed a civil suit on his own behalf. This is from that case, quote, The adage that a lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client is the product of years of experience by seasoned litigators. End quote. The second tidbit for the day is a quick look at pranks. The word itself comes from the old-timey times German word prunken, which means to make a show or strut. This became the middle German word prank, meaning display, decorate, or dress up. This is thought to have become the English word prank, meaning a ludicrous trick in the early 16th century. Also, why do we sometimes call pranks practical jokes? Well, this type of prank was originally called handicraft jokes, a term that has been around since at least 1741. By 1804, practical joke was the preferred term. This type of prank requires a physical item and an action, such as wearing a hand buzzer and shaking someone's hand. This practical aspect helps to separate practical jokes from riddles, puns, and other such verbal or visual pranks. And with that, it's time for today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from Winston Churchill. Here's what he had to say about fools. Quote, the greatest lesson in life is to know that even fools are right sometimes. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Churchill, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers. It's time for today's For Better or For Words. Love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old. 
and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't nag your husband. If he won't carry out your wishes for love of you, he certainly won't because you nag him. And now for the men. Don't quarrel with your wife. She can't if you won't. Mud sticks, and so do words spoken in anger. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 93 as episode 97. Stay tuned after the outro for the bloopers from the original episode and the ones I made while recording today. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnaphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, thanks for sticking with me. Toodaloo. Let me rephrase. The original fool's rush in saying really just meant, meant. The case of K versus Erler. By seasoned litigators. (laughs) You can skip the rest of this episode and go back out. Nope, nope, nope. Stay tuned after the outro for the bloopers from this... Nope.